everyone. Welcome to another Fides Heart and Soul podcast. I'm joined here today by Daniel Torres, who is the campus minister at um, CTK, yes. Christ the King yeah. Catholic High School. CTK. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. And um, today we're going to be talking about marriage and the sacrament of marriage and what that means to us as Catholics and how we can uh, live that out. Uh, just a disclosure, um, we will be talking a little bit about sexuality um, so if you have kids around, probably don't have them around right now because uh, we are going to be talking about uh, more adult stuff. So um, this is more directed to the parents, um, as I said, in our heart and soul issue. So just uh, keep that in mind as we listen to this podcast. Um, looking forward to it. So, Daniel, <laughs> how are you? I'm good, man. It's been uh, a week. It's been a day, but it's good to be here. I always love coming to Sacred Heart because, like, the drive up is kind of long and laborious. Mm -hmm. And, like, people might get annoyed by that, but I love it because, like, especially, like, now it's, like, golden hour, the sun setting. It's yes. just, like, beautiful. It's, like, I'm going to, like, heaven. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that is exactly what it feels like yeah. when I drive to work. It's just going up that but, hill. Yeah. No, it's good to be with you and, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, we spent a lot of time in college together and yeah. like, it was good to, and since then we haven't been able to spend a lot of time, but it's good to kind of yeah. sit down and yeah. talk and hang out. Yeah. And, uh, how's work going? Good. The school's beautiful. Um, we have, uh, close to 400 students. So still on like the smaller side, um, uh, compared to other schools, but, uh, yeah, it's a really beautiful place. The, um, families there like really care about a true good beautiful education yeah. um and uh yeah faculty and staff are just incredible um you know witnesses to the faith they're not just teachers and experts in their field but they tie everything back to jesus and so it makes my job easier because my job as a coordinator of campus ministry is to help our kids pray and to, uh, to strive for holiness and right. um if you have like the other teachers kind of working towards that in the classes and tying everything back to jesus in their topics yeah. um it helps you know it makes so. a big difference there yeah um and one of the reasons why i have daniel on here is uh so just so you know we are actually doing two podcasts on marriage we're doing one on theology on the the, the, the theology of marriage and then the next one we're actually doing a practical um interview where we're interviewing a couple um, of the parish to talk about their marriage and Beautiful. how they live out their Catholic marriage. Beautiful. Um, so I have Daniel today, yeah. who is a theologian. Well, yeah, and in, in sorts, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you call an undergrad yeah, in theology, a theologian, same. I guess so, yeah. I'm still an undergrad, too. Right, I'm working right, on right. my master's, but we'll get there. There you go. Um, <laughs> but you do understand the, the role of marriage very well, mm -hmm. um, and I've seen you live it out in your marriage, so it's, it's very helpful to have someone who has a theology background yeah. and also living it out. Yeah. So let's just get started with this and Getting into see how it, it goes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. So if you can just tell uh, our audience a little bit about what is marriage um, and why is marriage in the Catholic Church considered a sacrament? Yeah. Marriage is one of those interesting things, right? Because, um, you know, it's always existed, right? Even before Jesus. It wasn't... Um, uh, you know, Jesus raised it as a sacrament, but it has always been a thing that we've done as human beings. It's almost like in our hearts, we know marriage is supposed to happen, right? Um, since the beginning of time. And so, um, and, and that's like a popular question in today's culture, right? Is what is marriage? You know, especially when you get into the secular world, people are asking, well, why can't, you know, there be same-sex marriage? Why can't um, people have 
marriage like with uh several spouses and things like that you know um so that's a popular question nowadays is what is the essence of marriage is it just a um lifelong partnership between two people that love each other um well i love my mom i'm not gonna marry my mom you know i love my dog i'm not gonna marry my dog you know um but that's the question right what is marriage and i think um the church has the most beautiful um um uh, truth in regards to what marriage is between one man and one woman um and you know like i said that's been around since the you know, beginning of time, but Jesus raised it to um, the level of a sacrament, meaning that um, it is an outward sign of an inward grace, right? That's what, whenever we tie a sacrament, we think about that. Um, the sign being the couple, the man and the wife, um, and the love that they have between them, right? Um, that, that inward sign is really pointing to the love of God. Um, and, it, you know, when you think about it like if you look at scripture scripture begins like with matrimony mm -hmm. and it ends with matrimony right? right um in uh the beginning right uh, god created adam and eve male and female right? he created them right and there's a complementarity just in how they're created and how they go together right um and then at the end of scripture in revelation it's a wedding feast right, right. uh heaven is this wedding feast and so it points to this reality that um, uh, you know, just as human beings, like, uh, we're made for communion, we're made for a relationship with God, almost to the point of marriage, right? Um, it's St. Paul in Ephesians 5, when he talks about marriage, um, he's, you know, describing marriage and the relationship between husband and wife and submitting to, uh, to one another and, um, uh, and the kind of that relationship, uh, but he says ultimately it points to the relationship that Christ has with his church, um, which I've always found to be profound. Um, and uh, like, even if you look at the Old Testament, it shows like uh, when the Israelite people, right, um, when they're, yeah, trying to pursue God, and sometimes when they're, you know, running away from God, making mistakes. Um, that relationship, God describes Israel almost like as a harlot, almost a prostitute, right? right? When they when they decide to run away from God, it's like, oh, you've run away, almost as like you're committing adultery, right? right? Um, so uh, since like the beginning, we've known this relationship uh, ultimately with God, almost like as a marriage. Um, but yeah, you know, in the in the church, we you know believe it to be this union between one man, one woman uh, for their lives till death mm -hmm. to the Till death do they part, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's for uh, their own sanctification and the sanctification, hopefully, of the children that they bear and uh, uh, bringing into life because true love creates, right? Mm -hmm. uh, God is a God of love. He is total love, right? And so when um, uh, he can't help but create, right, um, right. And, and bring goodness into the world. And so marriage kind of reflects that reality where uh, the true love that exists there, that union, hopefully, you know, brings and uh, uh, participates in that creation, bringing in new children. So um, I guess those are some elements to kind of get right, the, yeah. the ball started. Yeah, and ball I mean, that's definitely um, um, a good introduction to what marriage is, right? I mean, first thing we see in Scripture is, uh, or at least the first time we see marriage in Scripture is in Genesis when God makes man and woman, yeah. and he created them to be fr uh, fruitful and multiply, right? Um, so that... Um, really shows us the 
center of what marriage is in the Catholic Church and how important it is and how elevated it yeah. is, right? How central it is to the faith and to Scripture. Yeah. So that just reveals everything. If Scripture is the sacred word of God and he's making that a central point of Scripture, then we know it's something sacred and that's why it's elevated to the sacrament. Yeah. Um, great. Thank you for that. And yeah. um, so one thing I think our audience might want to know about is, I mean, we, you, we, we know marriage um, between a man and a woman. We know, um, which we'll talk about in a little bit, just to go a little bit more deeper into that, what yeah. that means. But, you know, we, we can, I can get married, I can get married at a courthouse, mm-hmm. right? Or yeah. I can get married like on a ship. Yeah. Like in the office. Right. You know, Pam and Jim getting married on, on <laughs> yeah. a boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But in the Catholic Church, you can't do that. Right. right. Um, so what makes a Catholic marriage different than other marriages? Yeah, that's a good question, right? And um, a lot of people will, you know, wonder about that, especially when they hear that, you know, um, in uh, the Catholic tradition, right, Jesus says, that there's no divorce, right? That, that's an ele- another element. And we see um, even today that marriage is, um, that marriage is kind of filled with divorce in, in the world. We see like, uh, unfortunately, that's like a, um, uh, yeah, a reality um, of, of breaking away from that marriage. So what makes a marriage Catholic, right? What um, makes it um, truly good and beautiful? Um, I would say that um, there are, a few conditions, right? And a lot of people might get see the Catholic view of marriage as like, oh, it's too elevated, it's too high of a bar, right? I think that's the point of it, though, is um, if it's really like a sacrament to the service of others and to sanctify the people, it should be kind of a high bar. So in order to get married, there should be some conditions kind of in play. I think um, the, the things that we turn to mostly are um, this uh, idea of freedom. You need to be free to marry. Right. Um, So uh, if you've made any pre um, conditioned vows to other people or uh, or promises or you're in a state of life where you're not really free to marry, it wouldn't be like a good marriage. Right. So um, at least in the, um, you know, Latin tradition, right, a priest. Uh, right, can't marry, right? Uh, I guess they, that's it in the Eastern tradition, too. Right. Once they're Correct. priests, they can't. Yeah. Um, in the East, a, uh, an Eastern uh, man can get married and become a priest, but uh, a priest cannot be. Right, right, right. Um, but, like, yeah, at least, like, and, yeah, so so in both traditions, right, if you, if you commit your vow to, like, the church in that way as a priest, you can't get married, right, because you've committed that vow. You're not free to marry. So um, there are lots of other examples, but um, you have to have this freedom of state of life to be able to um, to marry. Uh, the other aspect of it is to free consent, right, mm-hmm. to marry. So um, uh, if you had someone, you know, pointing a gun at your head, being like, "Okay, you have to marry this person," you're like, "Okay, I'm like I'm going to marry the person, whether I don't want to die, right?" That wouldn't be a you know valid marriage because. Um, you're being coerced into it, right? That's a you know wild example, but um, happens. It, it <laughs> probably happens, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I haven't heard any personal stories of that, but me either. But I'm sure it's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that um, that essence of uh, like a free consent—it's a free choice between the man and the woman—has to be in play, right? Um, 
the other element of it too is it has to be public because it's a state of life in the church mm-hmm. um it's a, a total commitment that's public um and you know people know about it there need to be witnesses to the thing you can't just like and just to see it here um that's also why we can't get married outside, right? Like, right, right. Like because we can't get married on a beach. We can't get married yeah. in our house or in a, a park. Yeah, like we actually have to get married in a church in front of our community. Yeah, there's this um, reality of, po- of of pointing it back to God, right? Mm-hmm. Where, um, yeah, it needs to happen in the church because it's the state of life in the church, not just in the public world, but in the church. And so, uh, with it happening in the church with the priest there to, to bless it and to, um, be a part of it. Um, you know, that's required. Um, and, and having the witnesses and everything, you, you see like people like go to the courthouse and they have their witnesses and everything too. Well, the problem with that is it, with it not pointing back to God. Right. right. Um, like with a state of life as, as it being at least sacramental, it needs to be in the church. Now there are stories of people who, you know, maybe did go to the courthouse and mm-hmm. uh, they did it on a whim, getting married, whatever. They were free to to do it. It was a free choice, and that mm-hmm. that works, right? Um, so legally in the world in the United States, right, they're right. married. Um, but if they come to get to know God um, and and want a relationship with Him and want to be in the church, um, you know. Uh, part of that process will be okay like yeah once you get baptized or whatever then you like your marriage can be um like sacramental right yeah, and and blessed yeah. and validated yeah. um you know so uh you know we can recognize like a marriage like that has actually happened outside of the church right uh, as like being an actual marriage yeah. right and that's if i can correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure that's only if you're not catholic right yeah um, um, so like Yes, there's like so let's say there's two um, non-Catholics who right. decide to get married. It could be Protestant. That's that's yeah. totally fine too. But they get married in a courthouse, right? Um, according to the Catholic Church, that's a natural marriage. Yeah. Right. So it's 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 not a um, they're 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 still married. Yeah. Right. But they're they're, they're not they don't have the sacramental graces that come with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the understanding um, that I have. Yeah. yeah. And then if now, if a Catholic marries someone who's not Catholic outside the church, um, then it's actually not a valid marriage. Um, I, I, I'm not positive it will be still be natural. Yeah. But I know it's no, it's no longer a valid marriage in the Catholic Church. Yeah. Um, so that's something the church will say no to. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, if yeah, say that again. So if 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 they're Catholic, if one is Catholic and one is like not even baptized if one's not even baptized and yeah it's definitely invalid if one is baptized protestant Protestant. and catholic it's and they're married outside the catholic church it's still an invalid marriage right right it has to be within the church right right, um uh, in order to be blessed and be recognized as a sacramental um right because i've known people i've had family that Mm -hmm. where um uh yeah the husband's catholic and 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 the wife is uh, maybe comes from a Protestant experience, uh, they can still get married in the Catholic Church. That's mm-hmm. still allowed, right? right. And um, uh, and that, that would be can... sacramental if it's, if it's right. a baptized person and a Catholic getting married in the Catholic Church. That's a valid marriage. Yeah. That's sacramental. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, my encouragement to any couples that are out there, like, if you did get married and, uh, like, it was in the courthouse or whatever, it was on a whim in Vegas or whatever, yeah. okay, great. Um, come to the church. 
get it blessed uh, uh, the, um, and, and come more fully part to get the sacramental graces that you're talking about. Right. Um, and then I guess, yeah, I guess that final kind of condition is being open to life, right? Um, with the complementarity of, um, of man and woman, right, in the marriage, right? The ends of marriage are unitive and procreative, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, marriage, uh, you know, Jesus says um, when two people get married, uh, the two become one flesh, right? Uh, there's this element of, of, of unity when the two come together. And um, uh, with that also, right, kind of I was hinting at, right, marriage kind of points to the creative element of God, right? That's one of those um, graces within the sacrament of marriage. And so um, when you do that, you need to be open to life. If there's this um, resistance to that, it's really not um, open to, to God's life and God's will for your life. Now, you know, I'm in a uh, situation right now with my wife where we don't have kids yet. Mm-hmm. We hope to pray to God, right? Uh, that's the hope. Um, and we still have that openness and, you know, that we're still practicing, but if there's this element of, okay, like we're going to introduce things, uh, at least in the, the sexual side of our marriage where it might, um, close off the, the possibility of children, mm-hmm. uh, that's a no, no. Right. So, um, that's part of the process of, you know, preparing for marriage is having those conversations with, um, your wife, with, um, the priest and being like, okay, like, are you guys, you know, in a state of life where you're okay to have kids? Like, that's right. like a big part of it. Um, so yeah, those kind of four things, you have to be free in your state of life. Mm-hmm. You have to be free to consent. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be public, especially, um, in the church, right. To be, right. um, sacramental, sacramental marriage. And then there has to be this openness to life, um, because the ends of marriage are unitive and procreative. Right. Um, those all kind of lend itself to being a, a Catholic marriage elevated rather than just, you know, getting married in Vegas. I right. <laughs> yeah, I know that makes sense. And I mean, thank you for breaking that down into those, those, uh, categories that make a valid Catholic marriage. I think our listeners are going to definitely benefit from that and understanding that, um, especially as they start to teach their kids and encourage their kids to, you know, pursue this route and start teaching them like, Hey, start to. I mean, especially like when you get kids going into college, you know, yeah. get to that age where it's like, okay, if you start dating, you're starting to date someone that you're looking to marry um, in, in college, right? Um, so you want to make sure that they are preparing their minds to like, okay, let me find someone who's going to, you know, help me meet these needs that the Catholic Church calls for because that's what makes a holy marriage mm-hmm. and a good lasting marriage. Yeah. Um, which we'll talk about that a little bit more later on, how to address that to your kids. Um but I want to like come back to some of these topics um, just a little bit, um, just to, and we went we don't spend a lot of time because you covered it pretty well. Um, but I do want to like talk about why does um, a Catholic marriage or marriage in general really um, have to be between a man and a woman? Yeah, because uh, that's a big topic we hear today um, with LGBT LGBTQ stuff going around everywhere. Um, Pride Month's coming around yeah. in our backyards. Um, yeah. These are, this is something that's very relevant um, to our society today, and it's part of our our, our political uh, system right now. Too, yeah. Right. So this is stuff we we is very much involved in our current life. So why is the Catholic Church opposed to <laughs> um, 
same-sex same sex marriage. marriage. Yeah. yeah. I guess it goes back to that definition of what marriage is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you can have a kind of legal partnership with another person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think a, a lot of people would say, okay, well, like, if I am experiencing, you know, same-sex attraction, right, and I want to uh, marry this person of the same sex, right, um, uh, I think the question is, okay, is it, is it really marriage? What is marriage about? Um, because it, it looks like it might just be, like, like a lifelong partnership that you want to set up. Okay, yeah, it's, it's fair that the, the world sees that or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think the Catholic Church and kind of Jesus challenges, okay, there's, like, an eternal perspective when it comes to marriage. Um, we have to look at the, the consequences of, of what happens in marriage. So in regards to sexuality, right, mm-hmm. within like a same-sex, you know, marriage, mm-hmm. right, there's this element of it where it, it, it can't lend itself towards those ends of unitive and procreative. Yeah, they might be like uh, freely consenting to this, um, to, uh, to this thing happening. And yeah, they might have these feelings toward each other, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they might even do it in a church like that there might even be a church out there that kind of recognizes it and was like all right i'll recognize this partnership mm-hmm. fine um but in order for it to be marriage it has to be truly unitive looking at their bodies right mm-hmm. and procreative um and that's the issue with same-sex marriage is that it doesn't lend itself towards those ends um because those ends ultimately point back to god um and 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 people in the world are going to see that as, oh, we're bigoted, we're, you know, hateful towards um, people who experience the same-sex attraction. And um, I think the reality is, no, it's this idea of um, really defining what marriage is. I think we, we can't really control if same-sex, you know, couples, like, do, like, get together and have some sort of partnership or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as Catholics, we can't really say that's a marriage um, you know, the world might say that and call it marriage, but mm-hmm. ultimately this, um, this marital act has to be between a man and a woman. Um, yeah. Right. Know. Yeah. I mean, some of the things I've learned, um, too, is, I mean, the whole point of getting married, like you get married to be open to children. Like you want to start a family. Yeah. Right. Um, and the end of the sexual act right is meant to be like that's what our bodies are designed for yeah right is to bring life like our our the love between a man and a woman ought to reflect love between the trinity yeah which is creative and our if our love is mimicking the trinity and if the trinity is involved it's going to be creative too right um so that's really what the end purpose of sexuality is it's to gift yourself to the other person yeah um knowing the end of their body like i recognize who you are and i recognize what you're capable of um for me like i recognize my wife is capable of being a mother i owe it to her to give myself to her so that she can fulfill that beautiful gift that she has to be a mother yeah and likewise she gives herself to me so that we can she can give my give me fatherhood because that's the end of my act. Right, right. right. So, there's an order to it. Right. There's uh, you were saying there's a design, right? And even the catechism, right, talks about how um, 
if you experience same-sex attraction, right, they use the word disordered, right? And a lot of people who might not be in the church might see that and be like, oh, like, that's so hateful and that's so mean. Like, don't say that they have a disorder for it. Mm -hmm. It's not a mean word if you take it just on it, at its face value um, when, or really not face value, but what it really means in regards to how, like, we, we have this design about us, how we're created um, to to fit right and 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 with that love between man and woman that creates children right with the same sex attraction there's a kind of disorder it's not uh, the, the it doesn't make sense right in how we're created right. um and that kind of points to this beauty of the the true marriage between man and woman um and that creative act and and uh, yeah i love that you're kind of what you're hitting on it it kind of um fulfills our our inherent um call to fatherhood and motherhood right um that each of us is is really called to even if we don't have children we're mm -hmm. kind of called to step up into those roles in society right. um which marriage lends itself to right and um i mean this obviously we live in a society that has a lot of confusion but this has been around forever people have had confusion this is this i mean um having a disordered desire is part of human nature. We yeah. all have it, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, we all have disordered desires in different ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, some people experience it sexually. Some people experience it in, like, you know, being mean, angry, whatever. Um, yeah. Disordered desire for money, pl uh, pleasure as far as, like, being materialistic. Um, so it's not that we're, like, singling out, like, oh, this is a bad group. Don't know. Like, the church is called to love everyone. Yeah. Um, and I really want to emphasize, I kind of mentioned up the disorder and people might assume, okay, so if I have same-sex attraction, mm -hmm. that means I'm like sinning just by having the attraction. That's not the case, right? It's what, how we act upon it, right? right. Um, so I, I just want to make that clear. Like, no, and I, I wanted you to bring that up because like, I can, even as, as a heterosexual, like you can have disordered attractions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like when I get married, I am bound to my wife. But I could be attracted to the other woman, but I have to control myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, be bound to my wife. Or it could even be other things, right? We can make other things our gods, right? right. Um, so, like, football's in season, right? Where it's right. like, okay, yeah, I might, you know, have responsibilities uh, around the household and to, to help, you know, um, lead my kids and my wife uh, to be holy. But, like, football's around, so I'm going to, like, like focus all my time on football, right? Mm -hmm. We kind of make it into a god. We can make even other people into gods in a sense of yeah. just like we draw our, all of our attention into those things and right. um i think the beauty of just living in the sacrament of marriage is it, it kind of uh, if if lived right and 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 um well it orders us back to god that's that's what it's meant to do um the the challenge uh, uh the husband and wife are meant to challenge each other and build each other up and uh, grow towards god and our kids are meant to um kind of reflect that oh we are also children of god right that right. doesn't that doesn't end when we become mothers and fathers and so um yeah there's just so much beauty in a sacrament mm -hmm. of marriage and it's a it's a sanctifying thing in multiple ways it's not yeah. all feeling you know uh, like feelings and romanticism and even though that might be at the beginning and maybe like feelings like that kind of um uh might dissipate you know over time but um, I, I think part of the graces of the sacrament of marriage is is um, uh, hopefully those feelings kind of keep up, right, with with the graces, right? And, right. Uh, and you continue to be reminded of how much you love this person mm -hmm. um, emotionally. But um, 
yeah, it also kind of gives us endurance and, and courage and perseverance to continue choosing that person each and every day. Yeah. Um, which, you know, something in like our world today is like, if, if something is hard or if, if something like, gives us grief, we can drop it and be like, okay, I want to be happy, right? Mm -hmm. God would want me to be happy. So let me just drop it. Um, whereas with a Catholic sacramental marriage is like, no, you're meant to be excellent. God actually even calls us to perfection. Right. And like that beauty of marriage can lead us to that hopefully right yeah and like you said it perfectly like marriage is not love is not founded on emotions yeah <laughs> love is a choice yeah you, emotions are good like great, yeah. that make they're, they're, it they're like very exciting <laughs> whatever but they're not always going to be there yeah. like there's going to be times where like wake up and I'm like ah you know <laughs> I, I don't, don't feel I, like it <laughs> you, you know, say, like I don't like you like, <laughs> maybe <laughs> like but that that's just an emotion like i'm just not yeah great but yeah. i'm still choosing to love you i'm yeah. still going to give my life to you i'm still going to serve you i'm still going to you know lay down my life for you whenever i'm called to do yeah right so it's it's a choice that you you make yeah um every day um mm. and that's what love is right? yeah it's just that's right fighting through what is love baby don't hurt me <laughs> that's right <laughs> don't hurt me man <laughs> um great so and this kind of ties in also to like being open to fight right i mean yeah. Uh, we, 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 what well, we hold, why you can't have a, uh, a same sex marriage also applies to marriage because like, if you're not open to life, you're in the same boat Yeah. as a, yeah. a person who's trying to pursue a, home, uh, a, um, same sex marriage. Right. Right. Cause you're like, I'm not gonna be open to marriage. Okay. Well, you're doing the same thing. Yeah. Why we can't, which it actually makes it kind of fair, right? <laughs> it does. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, kind of brings a little justice to it. I think Peter Kraft made that point. It's like our religion is very fair. <laughs> like, right. we're not going to say, "Oh, well, you can't get married because you can't have kids," but we're going to get married even though we're not going to have kids either. But we we can because we're naturally ordered to it. It's like, no, we're saying you have to be open to kids. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. So it is. There is a kind of a justice to it. That's true. Yeah, the Lord is just and merciful. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about that and I think, you know, being, being open to children is, um, a foundation to marriage. Um, because it's, as we said, it's, it's, it's our end. Yeah. It's, it's who, who we're called to be. And it's, it's going to bring fulfillment. Yeah. Um, if, if you live a life, you know, live a marriage without kids, you know, it, at some point it gets a little like, what's the point of this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. It really gets to that. If, if you start, you know, from the beginning of your marriage, um, with this idea of no, like, let's wait to have kids till we're more, more financially stable or, um, where I'm not ready yet emotionally, um, whatever, um, those sorts of things, if that, if your marriage is kind of founded on that, they're going to kind of take root and, um, and it'll, um, yeah, those kind of like weeds will take root and it will kind of grow. Right. Um, and so it's important, you know, from the beginning to have that right. Um, because, you know, years later you might be married and kind of have that, you know, mindset and, um, and find out, oh, like there's this missing part of me, um, with not having kids. Um, if you're, you know, immediately close off of it and are not trying. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, great. Yeah. And, um, so just to move on a little yeah. bit, um, just because 
trying to keep these a little shorter. I always go, sure. go longer. Than, <laughs> I could talk about this all day. Me we too. could, yeah, yeah. I, too. I could too. <laughs> but I think we covered enough there that you know we gave our audience what the church teaches sure. and all that. Um, but let's go to a little bit of a practical. Um, well, they're all practical questions, but a little more practical question. How someone who is already married or mm-hmm. newlyweds or been married for a while and uh, struggling. Um, how can someone pursue a strong Catholic marriage mm. um, and, and like really pursue what it means to be a, have a Catholic marriage? Yeah. Like once you're in the thick of it, how do you keep going? And right. how do you get kind of going back to how like, do you I, keep I mean, choosing before I, before I get married, I can always be like, yeah, I get the teachings. I understand the church's teachings on all this stuff. When you get married, it gets, it gets a little harder. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Once you um, hit the grind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I firstly want to recommend this book. So early on, even when I was engaged, I don't know where to show it this way. Boom. Spousal Prayer uh, by Deacon uh, James Keating. It's a very small, thin book. Um, It was given to me um, uh, while Maddie and I were engaged. And um, I read it with a group of guys and uh, we were all kind of in the same boat, either early on married or engaged. It's this beautiful book that kind of talks about how kind of sanctifying your marriage, right? Not just um, uh, keeping this element of partnership to it, but this uh, the the truth of, oh, it's meant to direct us towards God. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, some of the things he emphasizes in there are like super important in regards to having, I think, a strong marriage. Now, obviously we're going to fail in this. I failed in this so much. But um, he says if we kind of like kind of focus on kind of developing these habits, it'll help us kind of be a strong marriage. So the first thing he kind of emphasizes is this idea that we need to um, behold our wife. Mm-hmm. He uses this word behold. Now, when I use the word behold, like what like what do you think of? Like if, if, if you just like hear the word behold, like a definition or like just like what do you think of when someone says behold? No, I'm trying to think deep. Yeah. <laughs> or even just like if someone like were to use it like uh like look at this glorious thing yeah yeah yeah. Like, if someone says behold right, right it's like whoa this thing is like magnificent yeah. or um in the mass right the mm-hmm. priest says behold the lamb of god right and i've always like heard this word and be like oh it sounds so profound and deep and you know glorious or whatever um but he um emphasizes this point where um beholding something is not just seeing them as um other and like seeing them there and kind of uh you know you know accepting them and kind of receiving them but like ultimately bringing them into your heart mm-hmm. kind of like uh, sitting with them right when we talk about prayer um it's it's not enough to just like tell god what's going on in our life and um and uh you know go through the kind of set motions mm-hmm. there comes a point where we need to contemplate god and that contemplation is like sitting with him and allowing him to work and allow him to uh, inviting him into your life and um uh similarly how we can do that in prayer um we can do that in our marriage where we need to take moments in our day or moments in our week whatever um where we can behold our spouse Mm -hmm. um and this can look uh, like a variety of different ways but like what's so easy to be distracted in our life mm-hmm. um uh finding ways to remove the distractions right um i have like a perpetual 
distraction like with my phone yeah. right uh something that's so easy to just like um look at in regards to responsibilities or uh, even just fun things whatever mindless distraction and um uh my wife will like talk to me and like i'll just be like focused on the thing and she'll be like daniel like i, I want your attention i want mm -hmm. your love there's this, a sense of attention um first but then um it's it, it's this it's this aspect of we need to choose that person and kind of sit with them for a second so finding times to do that mm -hmm. um and i try to do that like uh whenever i get home from work like before i do anything when i get home mm -hmm. like i sit with my wife or like we do something mm -hmm. together where we can just like talk and like be with each other mm -hmm. um and yeah just uh, allow ourselves to kind of like feed into each other um it's so easy to kind of go about our day with like the duties that we need to do and not take the moment to behold the person. Um, so he kind of like takes that first step. If we don't behold, right, if we lack in that, then we're for forced to kind of listen. And we still need to listen to our wife, but that, that's a, the second step he gives is like, if we lack in the beholding part, mm -hmm. we're forced to kind of listen. And, and listening is, um, you know, everyone knows what listening is, but yeah. Uh, this element of like really taking that time to to listen to them and to their needs and not um, assume that you have the answers, right? Um, I don't know if you can uh, kind of attest to this, but as me as a husband, sometimes I, I think like, oh, like my wife is having this problem. I need to figure out the solution because, <laughs> right, right? Like, like I, I can't have her be in despair. I can't have her suffering. Like I need to like figure this out. I need to be the man, right? Yes. And, but like, Oftentimes she'll be like, no, I don't need an answer. I just need you to like, hear me out. Like I need you to hear the words that I'm saying and to like, um, walk with me in this. Um, and so I think like taking those opportunities of holding the person, receiving them into your heart and like thinking about them and, and you know, loving them. But if sometimes we fail and we will fail and the beholding, um, taking the time to choose like, Hey, like I need to stop what I'm doing really like taking what they're doing and and listen to them we're gonna fail in that too and when we fail in that we need to be quick to forgive right uh forgiveness and ask for forgiveness, and ask for forgiveness. Yeah, right. yeah um yeah constantly and yeah. always being my i think that's probably you know i'm gonna say unfortunately unfortunately mm -hmm. it's probably one of the um uh most popular phrases i use with my wife oh. is i'm sorry right and it's the number one phrase I use with my yeah wife. <laughs> like even like i you know, I think I love you is up there, but like, I'm sorry is sometimes like, even like right up there with, I love you because we're going to constantly hurt our, yeah. um, our spouses. And, um, because we're in this process in this path of perfection, like mm -hmm. in, in, in being married and, and striving for holiness, but we're going to fail and we have to, the, the, I'm sorry, yeah. um, is, is stepping back up and getting back up. Right. Um, the, the moment that we think, Oh, like I'm right. I don't need to apologize. Um, and, and having that pride set in, that's not getting back up and, and walking. That's kind of like, in a sense, kind of quitting and giving up. Um, but Jesus says, no, we need to be quick to, um, to, to forgive and, and, and ask for forgiveness. Um, so yeah, I think those are like three things, you know, from this book that kind of really, and now, now obviously like we don't learn everything from a book, but like those no, are yeah. three things that I've really seen in, um, my marriage with Maddie that have, um, really helped us to flourish is, um, spending that time and receiving and like thinking about 
one another that helps keep the the feelings towards each other of love alive mm-hmm. when we're really like taking that time to choose one another um and then when we fail to do that like taking the time to listen and and um really make sure that we understand where they're coming from where they're at and then yeah forgiveness is huge because when we forgive and ask for forgiveness we're acting like christ Mm um all of these things come back to you know the the cheesy phrase of what would jesus do even though it's cheesy like there's truth to it um and marriage kind of points us to that yeah yeah. no yeah and i mean that those three points are just great for any marriage right yeah (laughs) um holding you know praying with your spouse yeah uh forgiving uh these are things are going to hold the marriage together and get you through the hard times because they're going to be hard times yeah you got to get through them um and the only way to get through them is with god you can't do it by yourself yeah no 100 percent um like you're you're gonna fail you're gonna be lost without him yeah um he brings light to the situation right um so yeah yeah um, <laughs> no it's not me it's just, <laughs> but but it's something that's kind of really been ingrained well, you in memorized it. Yeah, about some type of work on it right uh, <laughs> you memorized it so there's some type of work in there it. you go that's true that's true great um so uh just moving forward a little bit um this is kind of changing topics a little bit from focusing on marriage to focusing on like one of the fruits of marriage which is children yeah um everyone most of the people listening to this podcast are parents or involved with kids in some way, yeah. right? Um, you working with high, high school kids, <laughs> um, you take on a big, big responsibility there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're going through a lot of changes. Yeah, right. Um, what is your advice to parents who have kids who are about to be teenagers? Kids who are, you know, going to hit that that puberty age. Yeah. Um, what is your advice to them on talking to their kids about sexuality, but also helping them prepare for, to form themselves to be the husband or wife that they are called to be? Yeah. I think the biggest mistake we can make is to be like, oh, because it's so awkward, like, let's avoid the... Um, Let's avoid the conversation. Let's uh, let them figure it out. Um, uh, if I if I bring up the conversation about marriage and sexuality and things like that, like they're gonna see me in a weird light. Um, I think, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's um, uh, a lot of something that parents kind of struggle with. Um, I I think you know I don't have kids myself, but I work with high schoolers mm-hmm. and I see. Um, kind of what they're learning from society, what they're learning from culture. And a lot of them are really like confused about what to do, where to go, um, and how to process all these things. Even just this past week, I we had a confession day for all of our high school students where they could go to confession. And um, students before they were even getting in line for confession, they were coming up to me and being like, Mr. Torres, like, I have a question. It's like embarrassing and it might be inappropriate, but it has to do with sin. And I'm like, I don't care if it's inappropriate. I want to hear it because it, if it might mean that, like, you're falling into sin, like, mm-hmm. I want to hear it. I want to try to give some clarity to, to it as much as possible. So I'm blessed to be able to be in that role. And it was so good because they had such, like, important questions. And um, it, it pointed to the fact that our kids are so ingrained in a, 
um, hypersexualized pornographied culture um, where like sex is just so distorted. Um, and so my advice is have conversations early mm-hmm. uh, and frequent, appropriate, but um, the, uh, like kids want straight answers. Kids want the truth. They desire it. That's why even when they're little, they ask why, why, why. They want to know the truth, right? Um, now, it, you know, it needs to be appropriate and you don't need to, you know, complicate things for them, mm-hmm. but um, give it to them straight. One of the high schoolers was like, um, uh, when I was in this confession uh, thing, um, she asked me, what is sodomy? And I was like, okay, this is really weird. Uh, <laughs> like going into this detail, I might like, you know, weird her out. She might think like weird things of me. And before I even gave her the answer, I was kind of going to jump around the, uh, jump around the bush about it. She was like, just give it to me straight. Like, I want to know. And so I did. And she was like, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And it's like, no, we need to have those conversations mm-hmm. frequently. Um, and we need to be direct about it. I think, um, whenever there's vagueness, um, in regards to how we, um, yeah, and get, uh, what, what sex is for, uh, uh, and, and what marriage is like, um, we're, we're going to make assumptions, right? And oftentimes assumptions will lead us astray, especially as, as kids, right? right? Um, and so as, as much as we can, um, early interact because there are like s- statistics showing that most kids who, um, are, you know, when they, when they're asked, how did you learn about sex? They're not saying their parents, they're saying porn, they're saying movies, they're saying TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. Music. Yeah. Um, they're not saying their parents. And it's like, that's kind of sad that they're not learning about the, the gift of life. Um, and, you know, through the sexual act from the ones who gave them life through the sexual act, right. <laughs> like, um, it's kind of sad. And yeah, like it might be awkward at first, but they're going to appreciate it immensely. Um, yeah. and, uh, it's, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. And I no, I mean, it's definitely better that they learn it from their parents than s- some pop culture person who's telling them to like, do yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and you know, even talking to your kids about it at a younger age, before they um, go through these confusion states, because they, mm-hmm. they can re- obviously at an age-appropriate level, yeah, right? I, I won't talk to an eight-year-old like I'm going to talk to a fourteen-year-old, right, right, right. Um, but like introducing them to like, here's a story of Adam and Eve. Yeah, here's a man and a woman loving each other for life, right? Um, if you're, you know. One of the best examples you can do is work on your own marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they see, like, this is a holy marriage. What I'm seeing out there in the world, look at all the people separating and, like, having millions of different relationships. Yeah. But if they can see, like, this, my mom and my dad are working hard to keep this and loving each other. Yeah. That's the best example you, yeah. you can have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if they're kind of going back to that beholding um listening mm-hmm. forgiving and asking for forgiveness like mm-hmm. if you're like doing that in the presence of your children right mm-hmm. um they're gonna see that and they're gonna be like i want that you know um 
So yeah, I, I can't emphasize that more um, of just like, yeah, working on your own marriage and uh, allowing that to be a witness. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, still with that lived experience of marriage, mm -hmm. um, they need to be talked to about it, right? The, the things need to be explained. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, when those questions come up of, yeah, like how does sex work and like uh, all, all these things, like having the age appropriate conversations, but being direct. And, and, and not coming up with stupid words to come up with parts of the human person, like use the actual words because they're going to appreciate it. Like right. kids are going to be like, oh, uh, that You're not makes sense. That something to be ashamed of. Yeah. Right. This is something that's part of you. Yeah. And so, and then when it, they learn it fr and if instead they learn it from one of their peers or whatever that learned from a music video about like how things work, um, they're going to feel embarrassed because they're going to be like, oh, I didn't know this. Right. Um, so as soon as we can, you know, as parents um, do that, the better. Um, yeah. It's going to save marriages in the future, like, you know, our kids' marriages and everything. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, for um, just, I mean, also just loving your kids. Right? Yeah. I mean, loving them, being involved in their lives. Yeah. Right. Um, Showing them where you have made mistakes, mm. right? Talking about your mistakes is, yeah. like, is a big thing. Yeah. Like if I, you know, my daughter can't, can't really talk yet. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as I get older, like I want them to know where I messed up so they don't make the same mistakes. Yeah. Um, like, hey, uh, I don't have a son, but let's say I have a son. Like, here's what, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't do right on your mom in this part. Um try not to do this when you get married yeah like these are things that kids want to hear and need to hear because they want to hear that vulnerability yeah they, want to, they don't want a parent who's going to be distant from them it's like figure it out yeah or like ah they'll they'll be okay um yeah they want a parent who's involved and like telling them about their lives and about the struggles right and the other the further temptation might be um parents assuming like oh like i can't show like my, my kids when i mess up because i don't want them to think like they have a like a screw up of a parent right mm -hmm. uh like if i um if i like fail in these things they're gonna think their parents a failure and not believe me or whatever mm -hmm. that's not the case we're not perfect right yeah. and so it's it's better um especially when you mess up in front of your kids or to your kids mm -hmm. if you hurt them in any way apologize to them right you might think like oh because of the parent i can't apologize because i need to lead them and like they need to know like i'm in charge whatever mm -hmm. no like if you mess up apologize to your kids say i really messed up like you don't deserve that i love you i'm gonna do better mm -hmm. that will be infinitely you know better for them in the long run because um you know they're going to you know when they have their own marriages and have their own kids kind of growing up they're going to s remember that example that you showed of them of of um you know the, the prideful thing is to just like be like no like i'm good um you know learn from your mistake get up like uh, you know i'm like you know help you the 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 merciful and, and christian thing to do is no you know i messed up like like let me walk through this with you i think it's so crucial and i think just last last point because i know we're running out of time here yeah no, you're but <laughs> um what you said is like i messed up right one of the things i i don't i don't i'm not accusing anyone of if i didn't accuse myself um is don't talk bad about your spouse to your kid 
mm. or to anyone. Yeah. Like, that is between you and your spouse. Yeah. The more your kids see, like, you complaining about the other one, uh, your, your spouse, the more they'll be like, what's the point of this? Yeah. Um, or they'll even share in that resentment. They'll right. say that and be like, but oh, maybe says, I need what to. What you should show them is you two working it out. Say, hey, mommy and daddy made a mistake. Here's how we fixed it. Yeah. Instead of saying, hey, he did this and this and your dad's a jerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I can be, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, but it's up to the person who is the jerk to 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 ask for forgiveness and to, you know, right. move on. Right, so. and so are your kids to see that, that, that yeah. interaction of like, hey, I messed up here. Please forgive me. Or like, even like saying like, hey, that was not a right thing to do. Can can we talk about this? Yeah. Like, things that your kids can see so they can see like, okay, yes, marriage is hard, but it's, you can work through it. Yeah. And, and when you do mess up, also, too, yeah, like, saying, like, I'm sorry, but also being willing to forgive yourself, yeah. you know, um, and, you know, emphasizing that, that sacrament of confession, knowing that, like, okay, Jesus forgives me, I can forgive myself, I can move on, and not kind of, like, focusing on, oh, I'm such a screw-up as a parent because I did this one thing. No, move on from it. Ask for forgiveness. Move on because your kids need you to move on and to become better. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Thank you for this. Man, this is awesome. This I love great. talking about I it. Yeah. Talk about this forever. Um, unfortunately, I don't have forever. Oh, well. I do actually have to get back to my that's, wife. That's, that's for heaven. Forever is for heaven. I do have to get back to my wife and kids. That's true. So, and say hi yeah. to them. Yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> but um, thank you all for watching. Um, next time, we will be discussing the ordination and religious life. So, uh, uh, spiritual vocations. Beautiful. Even though marriage is a spiritual vocation. So I guess it would be, oh. how would you describe it? I don't know. I guess just the other side of a sacrament. A different vocation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's still a, a sacrament of service, but, right. you know, just like marriages, but in a different way. A different yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be talking about um, priesthood, um, becoming, uh, talking about, uh, becoming a nun, uh, monks, friars beautiful all of it yeah so we'll be discussing that um which would be a great thing to talk, talk to your kids about because you know it's a good thing to discern whether they're called to it or not uh, it is a supernatural vocation so we'll talk about that later but thank you all again for coming and uh, we will see you again next time awesome. god bless Thanks.